Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, a reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. It is the Feast of St. Luke. Today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples, whom he sent ahead of him in pairs, to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. In the lives of the saints, we focus, I would say, on two very important things. One is the conversion process. The other is then what they do once they've been given so great a gift as to know Jesus Christ. There is a fantastic book by an author by the name of Taylor Caldwell called Dear and Glorious Physician. Of course, that title refers to Jesus, but it also refers to St. Luke. St. Luke is our saint for the day, and St. Luke was a physician. And it's historical fiction, but Taylor Caldwell did tons and tons of research and study. In the life of St. Luke, apparently, and I want to make a point about historical fiction, people will often say to me, oh, you got that from, if I say, oh, I think this happened in this person's life or that, they, oh, well, you got that from a fictional book. No, it's called historical fiction. It means it's a fictional story based on research done about a person's life in history. So there's a lot of different stories I can think of where, okay, yeah, it was an entertaining book because of the fictional aspect, but at the same time, it was... um you know, it was researched. There was a whole lot there that was historical. Can we quote it as we would quote some other historical document? No. A lot of times even historical documents get things wrong. But no, I get it. But still, sometimes it's all we have. And so we talk about it. We say, well, you know, this might be a little bit speculative, but still, it's an amazing story. And I'll bet you it's largely true. Well, anyway, Taylor Caldwell's book about St. Luke talks about St. Luke being born into slavery. St. Luke was not Jewish. St. Luke, we believe, was Greek and wrote in Greek. St. Luke was a slave. And when Luke was a young boy, he saw the star. St. Luke was very smart. He studied the stars quite a bit. And when you're a slave, I don't know, I guess you're limited in what kind of hobbies you're able to have. So very often they're hobbies connected to nature. And so Luke studied the stars, and I believe even in that story, the three wise men came through the village where Luke was living. 
And Luke so desperately wanted to follow that star like they were. Luke wanted to figure out what is going on there. And so Luke had to get his freedom. So how did he do that? Well, he already was very scientific and very smart. So he ended up doing some medical training. And even in the role of a slave, he ended up becoming a bit of a doctor. I mean, according to what they had back then. <coughs> I'm thinking of, um, I know I always use these goofy images. I'm thinking of Saturday Night Live and Steve Martin. And um, Igor comes up to him and he says, do I know you? He says, yeah, you worked on my back. And uh, Igor's all hunched over. But at one point, uh, they're questioning his medical knowledge, and he says, hey, who's the barber here? In other words, the barber was also the doctor. It's kind of funny. Anyway, Luke was learning these skills, and apparently there was some very, very important person that needed a doctor, and Luke was able to help that person significantly, perhaps even somewhat miraculously, and it won for him his freedom. So as a young man now, he went looking for where that star went. But all these years are going by. Well, you can guess it. 30 years went by. And now, and it's similar to the story. I think it's the robe. There's a similar kind of story. And the person doesn't get there till after Jesus has died. But Luke never met Jesus. But he made it to Jerusalem. I believe it was right after the ascension. And... Notice Luke tells the story of the Ascension, and he writes the Acts of the Apostles. So that was when he was linked in. That was when he met the Apostles, and they told him, you're not going to believe what just happened. And he wrote it all down, and it ends up being in his gospel. And then he witnesses this early church as everything is happening, as they receive the Spirit, as they're speaking in tongues, as they start to travel all over. He meets St. Paul in particular becomes a follower of St. Paul. He also meets St. Peter. He writes down a lot of what they are saying, and he's very intelligent the way he writes it. He writes it in Greek. He writes it using bigger words than the other Gospels. I think I forget. There's different examples, like the woman with the hemorrhage. He uses medical terms to describe it, as opposed to the others that just say, oh, she, she had an issue of blood. So Luke... He's still trying to figure out what happened, but he's finally found the disciples. He didn't find Jesus, but now he's on a quest to find Mary. And it's a similar quest, although it's a lot quicker. He eventually does find her and she entrusts to him the story of the birth, the infancy, her annunciation, her visitation, the shepherds, the finding in the temple, the presentation in the temple. And he writes it all down, and that becomes part of his gospel, which is really, like I said earlier, it's a two-part series, his gospel and then the Acts of the Apostles. So what does Luke do? What is his conversion? He's searching. He doesn't know what he's searching for. This is how we should all be. Even if we're ex-Catholic, ex-Christian, we should be searching. We should be trying to discover, well, if I don't believe that, then what do I believe? What is the truth? If we honestly are looking for the truth, it will bring us back to Christianity, and ultimately to Catholicism. I was talking to people yesterday about the Eucharist and how so many people, even Catholic, don't respect the Eucharist. They don't respect the Mass. Why? Because they haven't really encountered Jesus in the Eucharist yet. They haven't really come to experience the love of Christ coming through the Eucharist and what that really is. It's his broken heart, broken on the cross for us, blood spilled out for us in his passion, 
and we become intimate with that mystery, that, that reality of Jesus, his passion and death, truly present. He is body, blood, soul, and divinity in that Eucharist. And once we experience it and encounter it, we want nothing else. I, it, it just seems to me, and it seems to this other person I was talking to, that it would be impossible to leave him once we have encountered him. So it's a great lesson, first of all, from the life of St. Luke, that there is that longing. But then there is that sending out, that ministry. Jesus sends out the 72. We read this gospel the other day, and initially I was thinking, all right, what am I going to say about this? I already talked about it the other day. The 72 are a foreshadowing, a precursor of the first priests. The 12 apostles are the first bishops. The 72, and later they're called the elders, the presbyters. They are the first priests, and they are sent out to minister, to evangelize, Jesus gives them rules. The rules include trusting, but also it's a simple matter. You're going to heal, you're going to deliver, and you're going to preach. And you might have to rely on the people that you preach to for their charity. It's part of this church that that Jesus would say, I am setting up where you're going to be a family together. You're going to work together. And essentially through our baptism, but even more so through those that are ordained, one becomes another Christ. So it's Jesus. It says here, Jesus sent them out ahead of him to the neighboring towns and villages. So it's true. Our lady later will say that conversion comes before preaching. But Jesus says here, you're going out before me. You're going to preach and tell them that I am coming. So I really think it's a process of initially There needs to be some level of openness, some level of conversion. And very often that comes with the healings, with the deliverance. This is what we're called to do as a church. Jesus sends us out to be him in the presence of these other people. To heal, to deliver, to bring hope. And once the hearts start to open, as Our Lady says, then we can preach. We have to pray for them and then ultimately pray with them teach them how to pray. Then we preach. And as we preach more and more, then these people, people in general, are open to the fullness that comes through the sacraments, the fullness of God's presence, the Holy Spirit in baptism and confirmation, the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. So we are called to this great task, and St. Luke has gone before us to show us what it is. St. Luke, being a doctor, is all about healing. His gospel is filled with healing. Jesus calls us to be agents of healing. I recommend everybody read the book by Francis McNutt, and now there's more and more books like this being written, Mary Healy, even Father Amorth's book, An Exorcist Tells His Story, that talk about how we all are given these gifts of healing. It might not be that you pray over somebody and they physically heal, but definitely by drawing close to people in the Lord, by praying with them, praying over them, we can help them emotionally heal, by listening to them, by being with them. By inviting them into the fold, we can help them to heal emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Our prayers can drive out the evil one together with Our Lady. Luke, it wasn't complete until he met Mary, and that's the same thing for all of us. Mary is there at the heart, and Mary leads us into the fullness of God's grace revealed in Jesus Christ. So let us continue to pray for each other through the intercession of St. Luke. May we all have that same longing that he had to find Jesus, to find Mary, and to come into the fullness ourselves and to spread that good news everywhere we go. God bless you. Have a great day.